I'm Laura Austin. Dating and getting married was quite a journey for me, and now I can't seem to stop talking about it. So here we are on a podcast. Welcome. I am excited about today's topic, you guys. <laughs> I am actually feeling a little nervous. It reminds me of what happens right before I do like a public speaking event where my hands get a little shaky and then I have to like find my groove. So I'll get there, I'm sure, but give me a second here. I want to talk today about what do we do when you want something like marriage, right? So when you have what do, when you have a desire for something off in the future, how do we handle ourselves? What do we do with that? How should we think about it? And the concept I'm going to share with you today is one I learned about when I was dating, and it was very helpful. It's a, a way to categorize things and just give you a bit of a new mindset about things that we want in life. And it was very helpful back when I was dating, and it's been continued to be helpful throughout my marriage and in other aspects of my life as well. And I wanted to make a couple of side notes before I jump into the actual topic for today that are related. Uh, when we talk about something that we want, we often also think about needing things needs that we have. And I won't really be getting into that today. The book that I am got this from that I'll reference in a minute does go into that more and how what are the basic needs of all humans and how does relationship with Jesus meet those needs and that sort of thing. So I will like refer you to that in the future. And I may do an episode at some point, but Today, really, I want to focus more on things that we want. Um, and then as part of that, I want to recognize that I, or just remind you, I'm sure I've said this before, that I have a high view of singleness and marriage, as I believe scripture does, seeing them as equal yet very different ways to live one's life. And but that both are God-honoring, bring value to the person who's chosen either one. Um, and so I see them as, you know, not one is not higher than the other, is what I'm trying to say. That said, I do typically think that it would be wise for most people to get married. And I could, if that sparks an interesting question in your mind, I could go into that more another time. But I do tend to think that most people, it would be wise if they were to get married. Now, that said, I don't think that marriage is a need. So <laughs> we, we could parse all that out another time, but I just hope you keep those things in mind as I'm talking about this. And just in all of my work, it is this sort of tension I carry that I want to help people that desire marriage and that think it would be wise for their lives. And yet at the same time, I don't think they're lacking or that they're less than or that somehow their life will not be meaningful if they never find someone that they want to marry. So I kind of hold those two things together, if you will. So I hope that you will with me <laughs> as you listen. Okay, side notes done. Let's jump in here to this helpful concept I ran across from, I first heard about it from my friends, Scott and Laura, who happen to be my next door neighbors now. And they shared this idea at a dating seminar my church had. And they also have continued, they teach a session on it every year in our engaged couples class at our church. And so it, it comes from a book called The Marriage Builder by Larry Crabb. And it was written originally in 1992, so back in the day. has an awesome, if you get a used version, the awesome 90s book cover. And But then it, they've updated it, too, over time because it has been it has done well and helped a lot of people. So if you look up The Marriage Builder, that's the book that kind of a lot of this comes from. But my I've kind of tweaked things, and uh, I, I didn't actually read the book when Laura and Scott first taught it, so I'm actually reading it right now <laughs> for the first time, you know, quite a long—gosh, oh it's probably— 
because I've been married 11 years. I probably first heard about it 13 or 14 years ago. So anyway, you know, finally time for me to dig into the original author's words, which has been really good. So if you like to more long form about this topic, grab that book, The Marriage Builder, and I think you'll be blessed. I've already learned a lot of things and found it really helpful. So basically what he does and what Lauren Scott taught me and now how I think about this all the time. I even as I share this, it's not gonna, you're gonna realize things of that I've already shared in the past or on this podcast that, oh, this is the framework Laura uses to talk about dating. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> so when we think about what we want, let's break it down into two different categories and also then define some terms. So there are things that I want that are in my control to go get, right? So something really simple, like I want a cup of coffee. It is totally in my control to be able to get up and go get a cup of coffee. I have multiple options of where I could go, all sorts of types of coffee I could get. I can go get what I want in that situation. Or let's say I want to be affectionate towards my spouse. That is also in my control. I get to control how much I physically touch my spouse, what kind of words I use, whether I give him gifts, all these different things. I get to choose how affectionate to be, whether I feel like it or not. If I'm saying my des- I, I want to be affectionate toward my spouse, I almost said the other word. I don't know if you heard it or not, but we'll get to it in a second. <laughs> so these, you know, so these are the types of things that I want that I have control over. Now compare those to things that I want that are pretty much like out of my control of achieving on my own. There's just no way for me to get that thing I want unless other people or God like do certain things to make it happen. Like it's it's not just me, right? So some examples there would, I'm going to relate it to the coffee situation. This time I don't just want a cup of coffee. I want a calm and rejuvenating hour to read and journal at a coffee shop. Okay? Which is sounds lovely. I would love to go do that right now. <laughs> I would like to go have a nice time at a coffee shop. Well, sure I'm involved there, but there are a lot of other factors. Is the coffee shop open? Are is it full right now and there are no tables available for me? Maybe they're out of my favorite, you know, whatever I like in my favorite drink. Maybe there's a really obnoxious person at the table next to me talking too loud or on their phone. Not that that has ever happened. Um, (laughs) Like, there's just so many factors there. So I have this desire, which that's not bad to want a nice time at a coffee shop. I've had those in the past. So, of course, I might want it again in the future. However, I can't assume that it's going to happen just based on my actions of going there and making an order for my coffee. Does that make sense? So it's, you know, there's a lot of things there out of my control. Um, maybe we, to make it a relational one, what if I want a loving marriage? Again, lovely thing to want, to want to be in a relationship that is loving and affectionate and warm, right? That is a wonderful thing to want, but it's not completely in my control. So there is I, my spouse, I cannot control them of how they act toward me, how they how affectionate they are toward me, what kind of words they use towards me, what kind of tone, whether they give me gifts that make me feel cared for. Those things are not something they, I cannot control those things. So this does, this want, I keep almost saying it. Can you hear me? <laughs> See, I'm trying to be really careful, uh, but maybe that will help you. This want is something that, yes, I play a part, but there are a lot of other factors involved in whether or not I end up with a loving marriage. Now, I've pl- laid out those two different things, and I want you to think back to the original ones 
The first ones I shared, wanting a cup of coffee, wanting to be affectionate, these things that are like things I want in my control, I want us to define those as goals. Goals are things that I choose to do and I am moving toward a future, something I want in the future that I have control over. The steps I'm taking will lead to that outcome, that that outcome that I want. Um, the other things that are, you know, yes, I'm involved in them, but they're not completely up to me. I don't have complete agency over whether or not they happen. Let's call those desires and wanting to really see that wanting a relationship and marriage is a desire. We don't have con- complete control over whether or not you have a boyfriend or a girlfriend or whether or not you get married. That is a desire that you have that is not completely in your control. And it's very helpful to stop and realize, oh, these are two different sorts of wants I have going on in my life. And so let me just keep sharing more and you'll start to see that, okay, this can be really helpful to make this distinction. Because maybe it seems like, oh, that's obvious, like the coffee shop one or, you know, what I can do versus what you know, other people are involved too. And it feels like a dumb moment, like, well, of course. But a lot of times we don't, if we don't stop and really clarify what we're thinking about or praying for or what we're moving toward, we get them all mixed up and then we can get really frustrated. So let's just keep digging in here and we'll see how this is a helpful tool. So wanting to get married, wanting a relationship, this is a desire. And so the question is, what do we do with desires? If we don't have complete control over them, don't have complete agency, how should we approach them, right? So my past in the old Laura, in my early 20s, and I would, yeah, I would say my, it's really in some ways my old self, like I see the, the old patterns sneaking in in other parts of my life now, is to, it's to be passive. So to have a desire and kind of knowing that I don't have complete control over it. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to do anything then. I just don't want to because it doesn't feel worth my time, basically. And unfortunately, that is a pretty unhealthy way to move, go about your life. <laughs> and to and, and I would say an unsuccessful way. It's not just that it's unhealthy. It's that it's just kind of sad. And it it you end up, you, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy where you're like, well, you, it just doesn't work. So what I would recommend instead, instead of sort of being passive and like throwing your hands up, like, well, I can't do any, you know, it's not all up to me, so I'm not going to do anything. Um, I would instead prefer that you would acknowledge your desires. This is a huge part of it, is just saying what you want. Acknowledge to yourself, acknowledge to the Lord, to your friends. Be able to say what it is that you want in life or in a relationship there's a lot of power in that because partly it just allows you to be realistic and stop pretending. And I kind of was walking around for a long time when I wanted to be married, but I thought, you know, I, I somehow I thought that receiving God's, like surrendering to God's will or being open and willing to surrender to his plan, I thought that meant that I couldn't desire anything that he hadn't provided yet, you know? And it just made me unhappy. And so I maybe on the surface seemed, like I was living a godly life. And I was, I was not immoral, but I was missing some joy in the spirit, some joy in what God was doing because I was stuffing my desire for marriage. And I wasn't acknowledging it to myself. I wasn't talking about it with friends. And then eventually I stopped praying about it, which is really the saddest thing, right? Because then I'm now pretending with myself, with my friends and with the Lord, who actually you cannot pretend with, but it really does affect this two-way actual relationship you have with him when you've cut off this whole part of yourself. So acknowledging what you want, 
just say into yourself, pause the podcast and say out loud in your car as you're listening, say, Lord, I want to get married. Have you said that in a while? (laughs) Have you ever said it? Have you said what kind of marriage you want? Have you dreamed about who you would like to marry in an actual realistic way? Not in a, oh, could it be this guy? I'm going to create this fake person who couldn't possibly exist. But more like character, knowing who you are. Like, Lord, I would love a marriage that helps others know who you are. I would love a marriage that welcomed children, either biologically or through adoption. Lord, I would love a marriage that allowed me to have a home where I could be hospitable. Again, not that you can't do any of those things single. However, we know that marriage is just a different way of doing some of those things. Maybe you desire sex. It's good to acknowledge that. That's okay. Sex is a good gift that God made. So acknowledging certain things that you want is really healthy and is very a, a beautiful way to be vulnerable with your in your own mind with the Lord and then being able to bravely start to share those things with some close friends or your family is a really beautiful thing and I help it actually it allows you to then discern what you should do next so instead of stuffing it and kind of cuz here's my theory I think if we stuff desires they come out somewhere else. They're like that whack-a-mole game that used to be at Chuck E. Cheese where you would hit one thing and the thing would pop up somewhere else. Like unmet or just desires we have, what the things that we want that we can't completely control, they will seep out other ways in in weird ways. And I don't know that I have an example, but I just think <laughs> the heart, the heart will not be squished forever is what I think. So we want to acknowledge what our heart is telling us or what our mind is telling us, what in prayer, what we're like, we really want this. Just say it out loud or write it in your journal. Tell a friend. Acknowledging it is a great place to start. Um, And then it kind of just leads naturally into praying about that desire. And that is really the main thing we can do with these desires we have. And the first thing we, we want to do really is to bring these things to the Lord, knowing that He is the one that is working together all things for our good and his glory. And so go to the one with the power to make change, to do things, right? Like let's not cut ourselves off from our source of of everything, right? So let's go to the one who says he can do it. And so I pray for people that desire marriage, who come to me for help or who tell me they're listening to the podcast. I have prayed for you. I may not know your name specifically. Some of you I do. But the Lord does, and I've prayed that he would He would provide that desire of your heart, that he would provide a wonderful spouse for you. And have you asked him for that? Have you said, Lord, would you provide a husband for me? Lord, would you provide a wife for me? Lord, would you help me figure out this dating thing so that I can get married? Like just bringing these desires before the Lord is this way to humbly admit that you cannot control the situation and you need help. And that is really one of the basic ways of moving about life as a healthy person, right? Is acknowledging that we can't do it all and we need each other. We need relationship with God. We need his help desperately each day. And so acknowledging a desire before him is just a natural way to work this out, to figure out, okay, I want to get married. That's not totally in my control. Let me go to the one who promises to give me wisdom, who promises to help me when I ask him for it, all those sorts of things. All right. So now as you're praying, And you're asking him, you're acknowledging your desire before God. You're asking him to bring about the thing that you want. You're asking him for help. You're asking him for wisdom. Well, something specific that you can pray for then is to ask him, what is your role in this desire coming to be? 
And in case maybe you can use, do you see where I'm going with this? You're asking him to help you figure out some goals for dating and getting married. So this is where the two categories, goals and desires, start to come together. So we're acknowledging our desire to get married. We are praying through that, asking the Lord to help bring it about, and then asking him, what is your role? He is a good, good father who is not just raising a sort of lifeless puppet that he's throwing around. He's raising someone that has agency and makes choices and that he's given us the Holy Spirit that allows us to choose what is good, right, and true. And so that's amazing. And so it's a little scary, too, that we our choices matter, right? And so we're asking him for help. Lord, what should I do in order to move toward getting married, in order for this desire? What is my part in this desire that I have that other people are involved, but I know I'm involved too. So what is my role? And that's where goals come in. And he might start to give you ideas, maybe from listening to this podcast or reading some of the books that I recommend, you start to realize, oh, there's some different things. There are things I can do, right? And that can be really encouraging because if you've spent a lot of time thinking there's nothing you can do to get married, this is how I felt. I suddenly was like, there are things I could do awesome. You can make a list. I love a good list. (laughs) Maybe you don't like lists. That's okay. Doesn't have to be a list. You can write a paragraph. You can just talk about it and think about it. That's fine. But if you're someone who feels encouraged to know what what is expected of you, goals, dating goals are such a huge gift. Now you might, again, I've talked about goals a lot already on just the few episodes of this podcast that I have. But just to remind you, we can kind of work our way backwards. So if you think about from the wedding day, and obviously, this goes beyond the wedding. It's, as I've talked about, this concept of goals and desires has helped me multiple times. Very specifically, it's helping me right now in a situation in our marriage that it's been very helpful. But let's just go with to your actually getting married, making a covenant before God and witnesses on your wedding day. Well, what is your goal as you wake up on your wedding day, right? <laughs> it's honestly helpful because you can't control whether or not the day goes perfectly. So that's good to keep in mind, like, okay, Lord, I have a desire for a lovely wedding day. I can't control all those things. So what can I control? I can control my attitude. I can control, like, what dress I put on. You know, you're making choices, that, but realizing what your role is, and you're like, and really, the main thing I want to do today is say yes when I am supposed to say yes when I'm making my vows and repeat those vows with honesty and feeling just total freedom to say those things to my my husband that's standing there, right? That's your main, that's what you got to do. You got to say yes that day. (laughs) Um, So you break it down. And so you're like, but what would make you say yes to someone on your wedding day? What would make you say vows to someone for better or for worse until the day you die? What would make you say that? What would make you make that choice? Well, probably would be having gotten to know them and having fallen in love with them, having realized they were someone I wanted to be with all the time and didn't want to say goodbye to. You know, you keep breaking it down forward, you know, back backwards. You're working way backwards here, <laughs> taking steps backwards and thinking, what are the different desires you have in each phase of a relationship? And then what, how can I break down that desire into goals, the things that you have control over? So you keep working your way back to where now you're at that first date. And this is what I talk about a lot. What is the goal of a first date? Is it to have a good time? I'm going to let you think for a second. Can you control completely whether or not you have a good time or if it's a good date? Can the, can have it, have it be a good date or have it be a, let's say I want, I'm going on a date and I want 
there to be a great connection with the guy I'm going on a date with. Can you control that completely? Obviously, no. So you know that wanting to have a great date, that's a desire. And so what do we do with that desire? We pray for it as we've asked the girl or said yes to the guy or whatever as we're driving there. Lord, I pray that this is a great date and that it leads to a second date. Would you help that come about? Okay, Lord, I can't totally control that. What is my role right now? Okay, I'm going on a first date. My goals are to be myself, to be honest and not misrepresent myself. I want to be a good listener. So I'm going to listen to what the person says. I want to ask good questions. I'd like to find out about their family. I'd like to find out about their faith. Like, so think about what you're going to do on that date. Is this, am I overemphasizing this too much? I hope it's helpful. Um, so then, so there's that first date, right? Only thinking about what is, what can you control? And this is where a lot of my work, I go before the first date. How can we think about desires and goals even before a first date has been like committed to or someone's been asked or what have you? How does one go about getting on a first date? You know, like there's lots that goes on there. <laughs> and so that's where for most people, I would say square one is meeting new people. And I like to start at square one because a lot of times it can reveal other things that maybe need to happen, other goals that need to be set before you actually will get on a first date. So I needed to acknowledge, you know, like, am I actually meeting anyone I could go on a date with? No, the number is like basically zero every week of eligible men in my age range that I'm meeting on a weekly basis. Okay, I'm going to need to put some work into that. Oh, look, I'm really awkwardly nervous. Whenever I talk to someone, I find even a little bit cute. And even if I don't think they're cute, I still feel awkward because I want to say no. So I'm just generally pretty awkward. And I carry around a message subconsciously on my face and in my body language that says, dating? Nope. (laughs) So I needed to work on that and chill out and be open to new people and realize that everyone, what if I just tried to get to know people, right? Work through a lot of my insecurities, pay attention to the thoughts I was having, uh, really confess some of the negativity I was letting just sit in my mind and try to work on some of those things. And that was what eventually got me to where I started going on first dates, right? There was all this, a lot of goals that needed to be set before because I had a desire to go on a first date, but that desire was not completely in my control. So I needed to think, what is my role in getting asked out on a first date? This concept is very, I just hope you're starting to see how helpful it can be to categorize these goals, things you have control over, and desires, things that are not completely in your control. Now, here are a couple ways to utilize these categories, all right? So if you are having a lot of anxiety about your dating life and worry and you just, you know, I don't need to describe what anxiety is about your dating life. You just feel anxious when it comes to dating, anything involved with it, or about your future or having a future relationship, what if you don't get married? What if, what if you do? What if you pick the wrong person? So much worry and anxiety about it. If that is the case, you you may have unclear goals. That can be a really, what is happening there is you don't know what you want. And so, and you don't know what you're supposed to do. Like you don't know what your role is, right? It's really unclear. And so I would say that it may be wise in those moments to step back and proactively take a break from date, actual dating, like meeting new people, going on dates getting off the dating apps, like take a little intentional break, which remember is different than giving up. So we're proactively taking a break 
to be able to spend some time praying, reflecting, and seeking out wisdom, whether it's in scripture or from other people, about what do you want? What is your role in this? Like, do you want to get married? Would that be wise? Like figuring out some of these things, starting to parse out like, oh, I have this want. This is more of a desire. Oh, look, I have this. I've set this goal for myself, but that's actually not completely in my control. Maybe I need to figure this out. So if there's a lot of anxiety, it's good to stop and ask yourself, what do I really want? And which part of that is in my control? Could I start to move towards that in a healthy way? And then just see if there's more peace there. See if there's you know, if the anxiety lowers because you've set realistic goals, realistic things that you can actually do in your real life, like with your real personality, not needing to change into someone else, right? So just take note, anxiety in a particular area of your life, it could mean you have some unclear goals and you need to kind of pull back and have some time to get some clarity and ask the Lord for some wisdom there. Now, if you have a different emotion of there's more frustration or anger about dating, uh, this could be an indicate, it may indicate a blocked goal. So you're trying to date, but it's not going well, and you've landed in a place where you're angry toward God, and you feel like he's not pulling his weight. This was my experience when I turned 30. Um, You feel like he should have come through for you already, or he should have done his part, and so you're really angry at him, actually. Or maybe you find yourself angry at men or angry at women because you're asking, you know, you're a guy, you're asking women out, they're saying no, and you're just generally like, women are the worst. I feel angry. I feel frustrated. Um, Or maybe you're angry at yourself, which I've seen depression kind of defined. I know not all depression, but some can be defined as anger toward yourself. You've turned it inward. If you don't know anything outward to be able to like aim it toward, you've aimed it at your own heart and self, which can really lead to depression and not wanting to do anything. Um, And obviously, I don't need to describe that more, but that can be an indicator of that too. And so what can happen and what can be wise in this situation is to get honest and recognize that this blocked goal, this you've wanted this thing, but it's not happening, and you're frustrated by that, that's actually, you've kind of miscategorized um, a, a want that you have, and it's actually an unmet desire. It's actually a desire that's out of your control, but you've acted as if you could control it, and then it's not happening, and so then there's a lot of anger involved, right? And so to really be able to define it and try to realize, oh, like if you're if you what you want is for every woman you ask out to say yes that and then you're angry when it doesn't happen that is a desire you do not have control over whether or not women say yes to you and so you only have what your actions are right you're you can only set some goals for yourself so you have to say okay I would like to keep asking women until I find someone that says yes. (laughs) And I'm not going to feel weird about the fact that these other ones said no. You do have control over your reaction to rejection, to someone saying no. You can't control whether or not they say yes or no. You can control your reaction, how you pray about that, how you share about it with people. And so if if it's muddied waters and you aren't clarifying like what part of this is in your control, what part is out of your control, it can really lead to a lot of frustration and eventual anger. And so if you notice that, it's good to stop and go, okay, am I calling something a goal and I think I can handle it, muscle my way through it when it's actually a desire and I need to have open hands, pray about this, acknowledge the parts that I can't control and 
then do the things that I can and I try to set some realistic goals that are actually things I can do. So anxiety and anger or frustration can be helpful tools, helpful feelings to notice in this dating process, and then use these categories of goals and desires to kind of help you work through those feelings. And then it'll help you know what to do next. I want to wrap up this time with a Dr. Cloud quote, which I know I've talked about Henry Cloud before. He wrote, how to get a date worth keeping that I love dearly and that changed my life. So his work is very impactful for me. I've tweaked things along the way that, oh, I say it differently and da 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 but a lot of the things that I share are under a similar philosophy umbrella that he talks about. Um, but this one quote he has is something I've kind of disagreed or was like, I don't really think it's quite true. <laughs> but I had this aha moment these last couple of weeks as I've thought about goals, desires, and this quote that I saw. He, he was posting about it on Instagram because he has a course on his, it's a boundaries.me is his website and where he has different courses for things. And he has a dating course in there. He was sharing about that and just kind of advertising it on Instagram, sharing clips of it. And one of his quotes is this, dating is not about getting married. And he goes on and explains, which I will do in a second. So him saying dating is not about getting married. And it's always, it's, I think it's in his book because I've heard it for a long time. I just remember thinking like, okay, I see what you're saying, but I would not be doing all these things, like going on these awkward dates, doing the dating apps, asking friends for setups, all this stuff, dealing with my ish, <laughs> dealing with all my stuff. <laughs> I'm like, it'd be a lot easier to not do all of this. And so I'm only doing this because I would like to get married someday, you know? So dating is somewhat about getting married. And really, if you listen to him explain, he goes on to say he hopes and wants his, you know, people that are reading his book or following his course, they want them to view, he wants them to view dating as a journey and a process that you can learn about yourself and about relationships and about other people to really reframe it with some different, as I would say, goals. So uh, this is what I've started to see with this quote, is that I do actually really agree with it in the sense that he's saying dating won't be successful if you make it about achieving this desire of getting married. Like you cannot, the, t the two actually don't work together in a lot of ways. So it sounds extreme to say that dating is not about getting married, but it totally makes sense to me in this context of desires and goals. So you cannot say, I'm going on a date right now to get married. I'm going to figure out if I'm going to get married to this person. It's too intense, right? So really what he's saying is he's saying, what if you took this desire for marriage and turned it into some goals of saying, I would like to learn some new things about myself in this process. I would like to learn new things about relationships. I would like to learn new things about other people. That is such a different mentality than going on a date wondering if you might marry this person. So different, like night and day. So in that regard, I see that the point of his quote saying dating is not about getting married. I'm like, okay, I'm on board now. <laughs> I The way if you've probably heard me say this, I have interpreted this quote over the years. I say, it's good to get serious about your desire for marriage, which is way down the road. So you know what you want and what you value. And so I want you to acknowledge that desire. So we're using that language. This is a desire. You want it, but it's not completely in your control. Be, be honest about that. Get serious about it. But then the best way to actually see a desire come to be 
is to chill out about the beginning phases and break. It's a big decision. This desire we have is technically a big decision. And so we need to break it down into smaller decisions and really chill out about the beginning phases so that we get started, so we don't freak other people out, so we can make a good decision. (laughs) So we break it down into much smaller decisions. And I would see that as taking a desire and breaking it down into smaller, much more realistic goals that eventually add up to, and he says this in his, you know, Dr. Cloud says this in his um, videos where eventually as you're enjoying this process of like, what if I just try to enjoy life and have some fun and meet some new people? He's like, eventually you learn things about yourself, about what relationships are, about what marriage is and what it requires of different people as you're interacting with different people. You very likely will meet someone that you desire and want, and both of you want to be together, right? So he's kind of saying marriage is a highly possible outcome of <laughs> dating and setting dating goals and kind of seeing it as a a journey you can go on. But he's basically saying we can't just focus on it as its own end all, if that makes sense. So just wanted to end on that because I started to see a connection between the two, between being able to acknowledge a desire you have, this big desire of getting married, and the, but really then looking what is your role in seeing that desire come about. And you can't control other people. We don't often know what how God is at work. He doesn't always, he does not promise to give us this sort of roadmap that this is exactly what we're supposed to do in each little particular situation you're in. But he promises to be with you, which is so beautiful. And so we can pray ask for his help, and ask him to give us ideas and give us wisdom, give us clarity about what we want. So then you can set goals and do things that make it more likely for you to enjoy this process of dating, for you to enjoy not, I mean, some of it's going to feel painful. Like some of it is not going to be fun. So it's really like sometimes you're setting goals that you're like, I don't actually want to meet anyone new right now. Thank you very much. (laughs) So maybe in the moment, the goal doesn't feel good. And yet, because you're tapping into your desire and you know what you want long term and this bigger desire, you're willing to go through with following through with some of these goals you set because you know that they will help, they will add up and help you understand and know if it would be wise and who it would be wise to marry someday. Well, I would love to hear your feedback on this topic. If you want to leave a comment on my Instagram, or you can send me an email. My email address is laura at heymrsaustin.com. I am praying for you and just hoping that you feel encouraged today, that you have left with some concrete things that you can do. Um, and I'm honored that you would listen today and that you consider me someone that you're willing to hear what I have to say. So I pray that you're able to discern what is wise for you to take into account and go out and say hi to someone new. I'll talk to you later.